under promise and over deliver. So people come, they think, oh, this is going to be great. And then they get there and it's like, this was fantastic. Oh my God, I was expecting like it was going to be good. I, I thought it was going to be good, but I had no idea it was going to be so cool. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron. And each week, my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Today, we're going to assume that you want to try house hacking and that you're going to actually go for it and set up your property or your space on some kind of a website. So first of all, you want to pick the one that you want. Today, we're going to talk about Airbnb. But for example, if you want longer term tenants, you might try furnishedfinders.com, which they deal pretty much exclusively with traveling nurses who typically stay at least three months. If you've got just a campsite, you might want to try a site like hipcamp.com. That is pretty much just for people looking for, I mean, there's, you might put, you can put your campers there, your, your campsites, things like that, things are, that are not like a house. And then there's Airbnb, which I think we're all pretty familiar with. So I'm going to actually talk you through a pretty good way to get started with your property. The first thing you're going to notice is that you have to set yourself up. If you've never had an Airbnb account before, it can feel like a lot because they want a copy of your driver's license. They want all kinds of stuff. And also, if you live in a town or city or state that requires some specific, has specific laws around Airbnb, for example, when I set up my New Hampshire properties, I just set them up. When I set up my property in near Boston in Massachusetts, then I had to have a business license. I had to prove that I live next door. There was just a lot more to it. So each town or, and state and you know whoever, like New York City, I think has its own thing. They all get to give Airbnb their rules and Airbnb complies with them. So you just can't get around them very easily. You could keep saying, oh yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. But eventually Airbnb is going to say, no, sorry, you can't have your, site, your, your property up anymore. So that's the first thing you want to do. Um, the next thing that's really important is your listing title. And for this, I very much recommend that you focus on something that makes it different or better or, you know, don't just say something kind of romantic or whatever. Think about like the logistics of it, like close to town or, you know, just like something like that. That's just like this place has this thing that's really cool. Not like, you know, oh, we call this, this is the Moonlight Serenade Inn and it's blah, blah, people like yeah, whatever, you know, of course, everyone's different, but the more you can put on there that's going to grab somebody's attention right away, that's what you want to do. Your listing description, same thing. People want to know, is it close to stuff? How many people can we fit here? What's the logistics? Is there anything weird about it? You know, are you going to have all the stuff I need? Do you have all the cooking supplies? And, you know, can we do all this stuff? So as much as you want to make it attractive, and of course, everybody's thinking sales pitch, I want to give a really great sales pitch. You want to do that, but you also want to answer the questions that you know people are going to have. And to help you with this, look at other people's review, uh, sorry, look at other people's listings in your area, especially ones that seem to always be booked. So when you get, if you just search for property in a certain area, you get a whole bunch of listings. But then if you say, I want to go this weekend or this month or next month, then all of a sudden you get a lot less. And it's the ones that are missing are the ones that you really want to emulate. So see what are they, what do they have for finishes? 
what are they offering? What are they talking about? What's What are they using to excite people? What kind of decorations do they have? I mean, those are the things that are making them successful. So you might as well, I mean, they've done the work. They've done everything for you. You just look at them and you can kind of copy what it is that they're doing that's making them successful. So try to, you're obviously not going to plagiarize them, but try to take some of the major components of their listing description. Some of the major things when you're looking at their pictures, what are things that attract your attention? They might be the same things that are attracting the attention of the people that they're attracting. And also look at their pricing structure. I mean, in general, I highly recommend using smart pricing. Smart pricing does a lot of things. The way smart pricing works is they there's an algorithm that says, how many people are looking in this area for this date? So how many people are searching around for places on Airbnb this weekend or next weekend or you know July 4th weekend or whenever it may be? And it uses that to decide how expensive your place should be. So you set a minimum price, say like, I won't take less than a hundred bucks a night for my place. And then you can also set a maximum. Like I set a maximum. I think if people paid more than $250 for my little cottage in the woods, that they're going to feel kind of cheated. So I won't, I won't rent it for more than that. You can decide about that. But then within those parameters, Airbnb will set the price for you based on, like I said, when people are looking. So smart pricing, like I said, highly recommended. Uh, you can set a custom link that you can then promote on Airbnb. Like if you've got some catchy name for your place, it'll just be airbnb.com slash your catchy name, and then you can just promote it all over the place and have your friends and relatives and everybody else help you to promote it. Thinking about number of guests. Of course, there's the easy thing, just like say how many people could possibly sleep in your place, you know, if they were willing to sleep on the couch. But that's potentially going to get you some party people, some big groups that might be a little harder on your place. So if it's your house and it's attached to your house and things like that, just, just think about that. And, and decide what kind of a place you want to have. Do you want to have a party place? Do you want to just have a quiet weekend getaway? And that's also the way you want to talk about the space. There are easy things like lists of amenities. Just check off the stuff you have. Make sure you really have it because it might be some obscure thing and you think, oh yeah, we sort of have that. Someone will come and inevitably they'll want to have that thing and it won't be there the way they expect it to be. It's really 100% best to under promise and over deliver. So people come, they think, oh, this is going to be great. And then they get there and it's like, this was fantastic. Oh my God, I was expecting like it was going to be good. I, I thought it was going to be good, but I had no idea it was going to be so cool. Take the time to build a little guidebook. They have this opportunity for guidebooks. And I promise the time that you spend putting this guidebook together, where's a good place to eat? What's close by? Where's the transportation? Where's the grocery store? The time you spend putting that together, you will save it 50 times over answering the same question over and over again from your guests. Oh, where can I go grocery shop? Can I walk to the T or to the public transportation, blah, blah, blah. Put that all in your guidebook. And if they say, oh, that's all laid out in the guidebook. If they do have an ask the question, say, did you see the guidebook? Here's a link, you know, and just shoot them over there. I recommend that you, again, under promise your neighborhood. So if there's anything that could be, is there any noise? Are there dogs barking? Are there, you know, sketchy characters out after hours? Are there bars nearby? Anything, anything, anything potentially negative, make sure that goes in there. In one of my places that was a gun range about an hour, I mean, sorry, a mile away. And you could hear it sometimes. And so, you know, I let people know that because before I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it, whatever. I didn't really worry about it. And then someone said, gee, you know, 
I have, you know, I, we, we heard gunshots the whole time and it made people uncomfortable and stuff like that. I mean, think about it. You might have somebody with PTSD who's spending the whole time, you know, in having a, a bad time and a bad reaction because they keep hearing gunshots and they think they're back, you know, in, in a, in a war zone, you know, so just try to be really sensitive to people, you know, smells, you know, sometimes there's, there are just things you don't, you can't even imagine. Like you always think that everybody's like you. Okay. Everybody's not like you. You're like, oh, it's not that loud, or I'm used to the traffic, or, you know, whatever. Who cares what you're used to? Okay. If anybody in the world might find the traffic noise too much, if anybody in the world might not be able to sleep with a lot of light in the room, I actually stayed at a place where there were no curtains, no curtains. I'm, I'm really so sensitive to light. I was awake the whole flipping time. Don't have that. I'm, t- I'm like hanging towels over the windows to try to get it dark enough so I could sleep. So just really, think about like the most anal, the weirdest, the most freaky person that you could ever stay there and just make sure that that person would still be comfortable in your house and you'll be much happier. So make sure you fill out all the options. I know it's going to take a while. And I found like the fir- when I first set up a place, I feel like I've answered all the questions. And then I go back into it and there's like all these more questions. So I don't know why that is, but go back into the listing several times and make sure you've edited and looked at and checked out every single section. Very important. Um, make sure that people understand if anything in the anything at all is going to be shared. So if there's a shared bathroom, a shared entrance, a shared yard, a shared pool, you know, some people might think, I, I know in Cassie's episode, she was saying that they had stayed at a place and they thought that they were going to have access to the pool because the owner said, we have a pool. But then the, the, the people who own the house, they were there the whole time playing. And they were just like, well, it's not really a pool I would go into. You know, there's full of pe- other people. So make sure people really get like anything that's shared. Make that really clear. No matter whether they have access to your kitchen or not or other rooms, try to make sure that they can stay in their room as much as possible because some people prefer that. So give them a coffee maker, maybe a microwave or you know, maybe not a hot plate. I don't know. People uh, and, and municipalities are funny about something that could be a stove. But, you know, make sure that they have a mini fridge, the ability to kind of, you know, hang out in their room if that's what they want to do. Not everybody wants to interact. And, and let them know that, that that's going to be the case, that they'll be able to, to do that. Um, accessibility, put that into the notes. So if you have lots of stairs, if you, if, if in fact it's actually very easily accessible to someone who maybe has mobility issues or is in a wheelchair or something like that. I don't know if I ever told you in another episode where we stayed at a place in Paris. It was a six story walk up. Okay. So really, you're really on the seventh floor because they count the first floor as zero. And then you walk up six floors from there. And my friend had just had knee surgery. So we like never, ever came back to the room. We just, we went out in the morning and we, couldn't come back till the end of the day. It took us like 15 minutes to get everybody up the stairs. I mean, the owner was really sweet, so we didn't pan him on the review, and that's my next big point. But he was really sweet. He came to help us with our bags and all this kind of stuff, and he ran up and down the stairs. He was this little bundle of energy, and it was probably no big deal for him. Like, oh, you know, lots of places in Paris don't have elevators. Yeah, okay, fine. But we specifically chose this place because it didn't say anything about stairs. And, you know, we didn't, we just assumed there wouldn't be any huge staircases, but there were. And that, as I was just saying, brings me to my next really important point. When you are an Airbnb host, 
the more people like you, even if they never get a chance to meet you, the more people feel connected to you, the more they think you're kind of cool and funky and fun, the better reviews you're going to get regardless of the situation. So something terrible happens. You know, I had one person stay with me and the toilet completely backed up. It was just a nightmare. And it turned out it was my fault because the septic system hadn't been pumped. And like, it was the first, I just bought the place. I wasn't like totally up to speed with everything. All my fault. And I was just like falling on myself with apologies because I felt like terrible because obviously if it was my vacation, how I would feel. But they were so nice. They never even mentioned it in their review because they felt like, oh, you know, she's really, she wanted us to be happy. You know, she she dealt with the problem really quickly. She was so nice to us. She cared about our feelings. That's the kind of thing where you would think you get a one star. But in fact, they gave me a five star review. So it all comes down to how responsive they feel you are. I've actually given people a bad review because they were kind of snarky in their comments to me. Like we stayed at this place in in uh, Saratoga Springs where the, the host was so <laughs> like, I think because they had a big house, they'd had parties there. And so here we are, a group of adults, okay, we're coming. And I told them we're coming to visit one of these people's college children, you know, children in college. So obviously we're adults. And he's just like, oh, you know, make sure you do this and make sure you don't do that and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not a four-year-old. You know, we know how to leave a house looking nice. And I'm sure, because that was the thing that bugged me when we got there, the place was not 100% clean. I was just like, you, you've, you're like giving me all these lectures about leaving the house clean. Well, why don't you, you know, there's like sponges and crap around. And I'm just like, what? So I gave him a worse review than the house deserved because I just felt like he was kind of grumpy, you know? so. Don't be that person. Make sure that when you're furnishing your place, don't make it like all generic, you know, like have some cool pictures and some funky stuff. And like, oh, I, you know, I used to leave little notes like in my beach house. We'd always find stuff on the beach in the mornings. Like I must have had 20 pairs of sunglasses and like goggles and stones and shells and weird little toys and things that people had lost through the years, you know. I left them in like this big glass vase kind of thing. And I just made a note like found on the beach. And people thought they would look through it. They would just, oh, this is so cool. You know, it's just some little goofy thing that gives the place a little personality. And that's really what you are going for. If your place has a little personality, people are going to be so much more forgiving of a mistake that you might make as a host. Guest safety. So again, I'm I'm a person I like you think, oh, everybody's gonna who rents is gonna be like me. No, I'm I never get sick, nothing bad ever happens to me. I'm not the kind of person who thinks about the worst possible scenario. So somebody comes and stays in my house, they go across the street to the beach, they step on a shell, they cut their foot, they come back to the house. The peroxide I had was from like five years before. So they're like, Look, there's no band-aids. The peroxide's way outdated. I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, little stuff, first aid kit. Check the, you know, if you're leaving any kind of, you know, aspirin or anything, check the dates, check the dates on your peroxide. And, you know, on if you leave food somewhere, make sure that everything is current and up to date. And, you know, another thing that happened, we had people were leaving like condiments. People were leaving condiments. So, you know, oh, everybody goes out and buys ketchup. So they're all leaving their ketchup there. And so there were like three, four bottles of ketchup and mustard and crap. And I wasn't having the cleaners to take the time to go through them and throw them all out. And then people started saying, look, I came and there was no room for my stuff. Okay, so number one, if you're gonna leave condiments, take a picture of the condiments so that people will know. There's olive oil here, there's salt and pepper, 
You've got your ketchup and your mustard and your stuff for your hot dogs and whatever. Let them know that because then they won't go buy it and you won't have this problem. And also make sure that you're throwing stuff out, that you're cleaning, that you're leaving room and you're making sure that people, especially when you have a place that people might want to come and stay for a week or more, they're going to have lots of food and they need space to put that stuff. If there's a possibility of insects or mice or something like that, like, you know, make sure you let people know, hey, please put your food in these plastic bins that I provided because we don't want to attract any ants or whatever, you know, let people know not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody's like you. Not everybody's like smart and funny and witty. Things that get you knocked off, not knocked off, things that get you demerits in Airbnb is canceling people. So if somebody books with you and you have to cancel them, that gives you a like a bad rating. It makes it so that you're not going to probably be able to get super host that month or that quarter. You know, you're not going to be in a great position. So Try to never have to cancel people. And the way you can do that is you can turn on, there's different options on Airbnb. So you say, I want to review every person. Or like I used to say, they have good reviews from other hosts. They can automatically book and reserve the space. But if you're not 100% sure that it's going to be available for whatever reason, just tell everybody you have to approve them. But if you're going to do that, approve them quickly, okay? Approve them quickly so that you're not you know, making them wait, because that's another big thing. Communication, communication. If you get back to people quickly, you're much more likely to get good reviews. And Airbnb is much more likely to give you higher ranking. So those are just some important little features as you're setting stuff up. So you have that ability to decide how you want guests to be able to book. You have the ability to say how far in the future you are going to allow them to book. But remember, this is a rolling scale. So if you say, I don't want anybody to be able to book more than three months because I'm going away on this date. Well, that three months is going to keep rolling every single day. So make sure that you're up to date with blocking your dates, deciding how long in advance you can let people book. How long do you want to allow them to stay? Do you want somebody to come and stay for the whole winter? Maybe not, right? You, maybe my goal is to meet people. If I don't like this person, then hey, that's not going to be good. So think about those kinds of things ahead of time. Kind of envision this is what I want to do, want you to do. Envision your ideal guest. What does that person look like? Are they interesting? Are they, you know, do they speak foreign languages? Do they come from, you know, they have lots of experience? Do they, whatever. And use that criteria for deciding who you want to book your place. In the beginning, you might want to, re- to approve everybody, but just know that you're going to rank lower on Airbnb if you have that. And your cancellation policy can also factor into that. So you might have a flexible cancellation policy that you can let people cancel right up to the last minute. Or you might say, hey, 10 days after your book, that's it. You know, you lose 50% or you lose 100% of your money. There again, more flexible bookings, more, you know, elevated on the Airbnb site. Because you figure in some of these places that people are looking, there might be 100 properties. If you're on page seven, you might as well not exist, right? You're only going to get booked when everybody else is booked. So especially in the beginning, take the incentives. Normally, Airbnb gives you the opportunity to, to rent your property at a discount to the first three people. Take that. Do that. It helps you because you need to get bookings. You need to get rankings. You need people to review you. So definitely do that. And like I said, for the beginning at least, use smart pricing. Use flexible cancellation policy. Do everything you can do to make it good for the guest 
and put as much information as you can because that's where you're going to get better rankings on Airbnb and also better reviews from your guests. So I know this has been a little bit of a brain dump. Okay, a lot of a brain dump. So just to sort of summarize, do a guest book, save yourself some time and use all the flexibility you can for your guests. And then as a final thing, use professional photos. If you can't, if you're not a great photographer, if you don't have a wide angle lens, if you don't have lighting, just shell out the bucks and get a professional photographer to do some pictures for you or even a friend. Like if you ask around, hey, does anybody take great pictures? I'm sure you can find a friend who can do a good job for you. But I see pictures on Airbnb and you will too when you start doing your research that the people are just, no one's ever going to go there unless it's the last place available because the pictures are just make it look dark. And I mean, it might be that there's like great light. And so that window and the light from that window might make the whole rest of the place look dark. And you, you're just not aware of it, right? So you just have somebody in there that really knows what they're doing, get some really nice po- pictures in there, and you're going to do really well. I know you're just going to do great. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to put them in the, actually, I don't know if I can see them in the podcast notes, but if you scoot over to YouTube and leave notes there, I'm, I'm definitely going to communicate with you. I'm definitely going to answer your questions. So please feel free to do that. I, I want you to succeed. I want to help you in any way I can. And have a great week. We'll see you next week. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.